Hey guys, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions like how do I record an episode? How do I get my show into the apps all the people like to listen to? And how do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of these questions is really simple. It's called Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and extremely easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I've been using Anchor now for, oh, almost a year, and I really enjoy it. It's a lot easier than any of the other podcast apps I've ever tried. And again, it's free, guys. It really is free. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, so if you want to get started on a podcast and making money doing it, then go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start. Anchor, the best way to podcast. This is the Ranger Report Podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here's your host, Ben Dieter. This call is now being recorded. All right, everybody, welcome to the Ranger Report Podcast. I am, of course, Ben Dieter. Glad you're along with us. And Today, we have a, a new voice along with us. I was going to say face, but uh, nobody can see us. That's C.J. Berryman. C.J., how are you doing? Doing good up here in snowy Amarillo. How are you doing, Ben? Doing good here in snowy East Texas. Kind of weird, you know, not not very often are we going to talk about we're in snowy whatever, seeing that we both live in Texas. Yeah, in both completely different parts of Texas. That's, it's rare that that happens, but uh, it is uh, odd times going on around here. Definitely is. It seems like that should have happened in 2020. But anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little late, a little late. But uh, all right, well, CJ, you're, you and I used to used to write together on a site called Nolan Writing for Fansided and do some podcasting back then. So, uh, if you don't mind, just tell everybody just a little bit about your uh, yourself. Yeah, I uh, actually served in the Air Force for six years and got out in uh, 2010 and obtained my bachelor's degree in mass communications and broadcast journalism and uh, sports former sports editor in Hereford, Texas, Gatesville, Texas, and Colleen, Texas, and uh, contributed, as you said, to Nolan uh, Wrighton and uh, did some podcasting with you. Also had a segment on uh, ESPN Central Texas with uh, David Smoke uh, in the middays. Um, and uh, moved back up here to Amarillo, been contributing with Amarillo Globe News, and and uh, here we are in uh, odd times and hopefully uh, a somewhat normal baseball season upcoming. Yeah, no kidding, and that's the same thing I'm hoping for is that I know they've already mentioned that minor league might be delayed a little bit, but we'll 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 keep an eye on that. But let's start with I call it week in review. I usually start, but we'll do weeks in review because I haven't done one since mid December. Um, Chris Young was hired as the general manager, and he's been doing a decent job. In your opinion, how do you think he's been doing? And do you think uh, do you think he's making the right moves, or do you think that John Daniels is still making the moves? Right now, it's probably both. I would imagine because he's so fresh in his tenure here, and uh, it's his first time running for a or running baseball operation more uh, per se for a club uh, with him being in Major League Baseball hierarchy past few years since he retired. It's hard to believe that his last pitch was 2017. Yeah, I know. Uh, but uh, here he is here with the Rangers. And 
so far. I mean, no, no huge deals and, you know, a couple that we're going to talk about here shortly, but, um, it, it's obviously a rebuilding year. So I would imagine he, he, uh, has the message of stay the course and, and, uh, rebuild and move forward because, uh, it's coming off of last year, which obviously the Rangers finished with the second worst record. Uh, it's, you just got to try to turn the page and move forward. And then obviously they needed a new voice in there. And it's kind of, kind of interesting to see John Daniels take a step aside and allow, allow another voice to come in, a fresh, fresh young voice. Yeah. I think, I mean, Daniels, a lot of, there's a lot of Daniels haters out there. I never thought, I never thought, I never hated, I never thought he did a terrible job, but I do think the last few years he's been stuck in a rut trying to like piece right. together through analytics and stuff, a team that can win. And it just hasn't worked out. So I think bringing in a fresh voice is probably going to be a good thing. Yeah, you hope so. Because uh, one way in baseball is not the be-all, end-all. Analytics have, over the past, I would say, 10 years, have really started to play a large role in in everything, even from even play-to-play, pitch-to-pitch. Analytics goes into everything, but it also takes out the human element in it a little bit. And there's a lot of people that are hardcore on one side or the other, the human element or the analytical element. And if you can find the common ground in the middle there, I think that's what uh, this move kind of is with really to get the, get both elements together and see if that doesn't pan out. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, I think, uh, I think it's a good hire so far. I think we'll wait and see again. I loved him when he was a player here and just a class guy and, and a, as a player all around the league. You know, kind of kept. I kind of keep up with former Rangers when they move on. So he's a, he's a good guy, and, and yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I do as well. And he's uh, he's very tall. He is very tall. Yes, he would. Uh, I would look ridiculous next to him because I'm about as wide as he is tall. So yeah, same here. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of that, uh, the Rangers. Uh, I, I was thinking total rebuild. You know, not getting anyone anyone uh, that we would think of or hear of, and all of a sudden they go out and get. Japanese pitcher, and I'm going to probably butcher his name. Is it Kahari Arihara? I believe it's Kohei Arihara. Kohei, thank you. I knew I'd get that first name wrong. But anyway, he's a young, durable starting pitcher. He has a good track record. Uh, he's not going to be you, Darvish. They say he has seven different pitches, though, that he can throw for strikes. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think the Rangers got him for two years, and they're really not paying a lot for him. I mean, $6.2 million plus uh, the $1.24 million posting fee. But I was a little surprised by them picking up an international player, although they do have a lot of uh, a lot of overseas guys that they get. But at this time, I don't know. Were you surprised by it, or were you glad they got them? Uh, not necessarily surprised. I guess surprised, but not surprised. Uh, I thought they would look for, you know, somebody to fill in that Lance Lynn role, not, obviously not with his effectiveness, but his inning eating capability. Yeah. Uh, say that three times real fast. Uh, but, you know, that, like you said, he, he eats innings. And that's what they're wanting him to do. Come in, be a middle of the rotation guy. And, uh, you know, he obviously not the Japanese signing that the uh, hit headlines as big as you Darvish, although he did pitch for the nip and ham, nip and ham fighters that Darvish pitched for as well. Uh, so obviously there's a connection there between the Rangers and that Japanese organization. But now not surprised. Um, they They had to have a guy to come in and be able to eat innings and hopefully he can stay healthy and do that in the season where you're going to see a lot of young arms in there and a lot of them that aren't going to be able to go very long due to effectiveness and obviously not having a minor league season last season. So you're, you're going to, it's just going to be an odd year and, and you need some, somebody to come in there and try to eat some innings and have some stability and, and endurance. 
Yeah, I agree with you. And I am glad on that, on that one. Once they traded Landon, which I think was the right thing to do, but once they traded Landon, I knew they were going to need somebody. So I wasn't too surprised. Like you said, surprised, but not surprised was a good way to say it that they picked him up because he is known as an inning eater and they definitely need someone that's going to chew up some innings for them right now. Yeah, and and the, like you said, Lynn was moving. Lynn was a good move. Uh, you hoped that they would have done it, and they tried uh, during the trade deadline of the last season. They just didn't get the offers that they wanted, so they they decided to hold on to him and go into the off season and try to get something done. And they got something, you know, obviously that they liked. So uh, they sent him to the White Sox for for some some talent, and hopefully hopefully all that works out. You never know with minor leaguers. Uh, baseball is just a different sport as far as that goes with uh, young players drafted. And, and it's not like the NBA or NFL where guys look like they could be sure things. You, they have to go through the farm system and grow. It takes four four years for, you know, your average player that's going to make it to make it. So, uh, you know, you'll have those exceptions. The guys that make it one, two, three years in get get the call up and, and stay. But it's a, it's a hard sport. So we'll see with that. But, uh, you know, the, the deal with the, with the, getting those guys in uh, for Lynn, that that was that was key. I mean, because it's, it's obviously just a rebuild and get as many arms up there. And, and you need somebody to go along with Kyle Gibson and Jordan Lyles in that rotation to just try to eat some innings. Yeah. All right. They also added a couple of guys from Tampa Bay to finish a trade from earlier in the year. And it was, whoops, hold on, let me get back to my notes here. <laughs> I'm clicking too much stuff. Carl Chester and Drew Anderson, who I don't know a whole lot about, but I think, you know, the Rangers are just adding young talent, which is something they most definitely need to do. Do you know much about those two guys? Well, they're obviously at this point of the off season, you know, spring training's right around the corner. Yeah. But you're going to see, little, you know, moves like this be made where, you know, there's not a whole lot known uh, with these guys. Uh, you know, getting Nate Lowe from Tampa um, was the key that the, for the Rangers there. But Drew Anderson, he's kind of a guy that if he'd be one of those uh, quadruple A players. It looks like he's he's done very well in the minors his whole career. Yeah. But once he steps to the to the majors, it hasn't really panned out. He's drafted by Philadelphia in 2012. So um, Rangers are just kind of hoping there that maybe they could make it a diamond in the rough. The guy that blooms later on um, and as far as uh, Carl Chester, I'm also going through my notes here. Uh, yeah, he's a 25 years old, and he hasn't made it past double-A. He's got a 257, 310, 358 slash line yep. and between double-A and high-A. So, yeah, it's hard to see you know a star in there. But just got it just to complete the deal, get some bodies in, into the minor league organization. You never know. Some of these guys will pan out. A guy like Michael Young sort of did, didn't he? Yeah, and a guy named Nelson Cruz. Yeah, Nelson Cruz. I was about to bring his name up with Drew Anderson, uh, that quadruple A player. Just never yep. turned it, or never, never was able to hit that switch. But later on in his career, when he was almost thirty, you know, it happened, and luckily it happened for the Texas Rangers. Yeah, during that the, the glory days, as we say, the glory <laughs> days, <laughs> the glory days of 2010 and 2011. But yeah. um, cool. Cool. Yeah, and you know, and again, this is something that I I like to see, and I'm glad we're seeing. Is I like guys that we haven't heard of before. I like that he's going out and mm-hmm. getting young players and players to stack the minor league system. Because in order to, I mean, you look at the way, other than the trash can cheating, you look at the way the Astros did it. You know, they built <laughs> yeah. from within, and the most successful teams seem to be teams that keep their prospects and build from within. I'd love to see, you know, over the next three to five years, the Rangers with all these young players coming to fruition in the majors. 
Yeah, and in a season like this, especially because you have all these names to keep and keep tabs of, because you might see them in a rebuilding year, getting a you know a cup of coffee up in the majors, and you remember, hey, that's who they they completed this deal with, or that's who they traded for, or you know, yep. even something so little, you know, like these guys being being add ins to that deal, uh, you're going to be watching them, uh, hopefully. That that it makes it more fun to be honest. That you you watch the prospects, and that's that's what I learned. What I learned and and started appreciating with before the 2009 season when the Rangers, you know, kind of abruptly showed up and were uh, started started raising some eyebrows at the folks. And yeah, you kind of watched those guys for four or five years. You know, prior prior to that, you know, reading the tea leaves on them. And then there they are, and, and they're they're helping you contend for you know World Series and division championships and, and all that. You know, remember watching the uh, the DVD days of Edinson Volquez and uh, Dustin uh, Justin Diamond and John yep. Banks. Everybody was so hyped about them, and you know only one of you know a couple of them panned out, but we were so excited about that. And once they made the majors, it was it was an exciting time, and that's kind of kind of exactly what you're saying right now. Yeah, and that's why I like. You know, going to Rough Rider games, you know, or uh, going to, um, well, if I'm down that way, going to Express games down in Round Rock. But, you know, I like to watch these guys. I, I went and interviewed a few of them that, you know, became Rangers. And I love the access, too. You know, for, for someone like me who's not a professional sports writer, I can still get some press passes to some minor league games and just go and, you know, pick the brain of some of these guys, find out what they're made of. And then it's awesome when you do that and they wind up in the majors. Yeah, I covered the Amarillo, Amarillo Sod Poodles for their inaugural season two years ago, and they won the Texas League. Uh, and they were in Frisco's. They, they were in the same league with Frisco, so I got yeah. to see Leo Perez and got to got to meet uh, Joe Palumbo, who's a giant, and yeah. uh, kids like that. Um, and and watching a guy we'll talk about here in a little bit, um, Demarcus Evans, uh, AJ Alexi, uh, mm-hmm. Gary Rodriguez, you know. Bubba Thompson, I'm hoping to meet him someday, but we'll see. Uh, but certainly, you know, it's, it's awesome to be able to to watch these guys come up and, and also, as you said, you know, see them live in person and having that minor league access. Well, let's move on to talking about top prospects. They released their list here a couple of weeks or so ago, a little more. And not a surprise, Josh Jung is at the top of that list. And I hope I can get to Frisco before they call him up so, so I can talk to him <laughs> before he gets to the big leagues. It's kind of hard uh, kind of hard to get a big leaguer to talk to you, but you can get a minor leaguer to talk to you. But he, uh, you think, I think, let me start that over. That was a great sentence there. I there think that uh, I think he's going to be in the majors this year, probably before the all-star break. What do you think? Yeah, it's, it's, it's seeming that way. They're certainly hinting at that. Uh, It'd be interesting to see with again not having minor league baseball last year and him him just recently being drafted two years ago. Uh, that would be one of the guys that you see that I was speaking of earlier that makes it just in a few years and they it's a it's a good year to do it. Um, obviously, we're we're looking at a move possibly Elvis Andrews playing third base. That's what the Rangers have told him to start working on because uh, Isaiah Connor-Falefa has been named the starting shortstop. Yep. So. That's that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. Uh, I I do believe that they're gonna they're gonna bring him up at some point, maybe for a cup of coffee again, or um, if he comes up and plays well, uh, he stays. It could be a uh, could be one of those deals, you know, like a Nomar Mazzara, young player comes in uh, due to an injury, fills in, and doesn't leave. Yeah, 
Um, anyone in the top 10 surprise you? We've got, you know, Josh Young, Sam House, Dane Dunning, Leody Tavares, Cole Wynn, Maximo Acosta, Hans Kraus, Anderson Tejada, Justin Foscue, and Joe Palumbo are who they have as their top 10 prospects right now. Anyone surprise you that's either in there or not in there? Uh, not, not, not really that's in there. Uh, surprised to see, uh, Laoti and, and Huff. I figured they'd be split there at, at two and four. They got Sam Huff at two and Laoti at four. Uh, but it, uh, you're close enough, right? Uh, yeah. No, not really, not really surprised, uh, by, by any of that at all. Uh, Palumbo rounding out the top 10. Um, maybe a little surprised to see him in, in the top 10. I'm figured top 15, but, um, obviously he's, you know, Big left-hander. He's got some got some prospects on him. Yeah, and he's the one that I was a little bit not surprised, like you said, but I figured maybe twelve, thirteen. I didn't know he would he would crack the top ten. And of course, Dane Gunning looks like a good trade since you know that they, he's number three in their list right now. Yeah, yeah, that's an exciting one to look forward to. Yeah, he's another one. I think he may start in the majors this year, depending on what kind of spring training he has. Yeah, spring spring training will be the end all tell all there. It looks like the, the four and five uh, pitching rotation spots are going to be open. So um, anybody can grab those four or five, including a younger younger guy like Dunning. Yeah, to me, this spring training is going to be so much fun just because of okay. of the way last year was. Because they're going to work these guys out a lot more because they didn't get to last year. And I think it's going to be. I mean, I would if if you can get a game on TV this year, I would watch the whole game instead of turning it off after the second or third inning. Because I want to right. see how these prospects play and sort of see who works their way to the top of the spring training. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm exactly there with you, and honestly, not much to add there. To just keep an eye out and keep watching. Uh, they, 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 a good thing that Fox Sports Southwest they play quite a few Frisco games on. Yep. Uh, during the season as well, so lots of opportunity there to to watch these young guys. And yeah, like you said, especially spring training. Don't turn it off just after when they pull the the for sure major league guys out. There's some youngsters that we're going to be looking at that we could be looking at. Uh, yeah, for the in the near future and for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I totally agree with that. All right, moving on to uh, the website, therangerreport.com that we run. Uh, we've been doing a bracket for the greatest ranger of all time. I seeded it like the uh, the the March Madness bracket. You know, I called it May or I called it May Madness when I first did it because I started it last year. I decided to hold it off until this winter so that you know I'd have more time to focus on it. But basically, we seated I seated sixty four people. And uh, we started breaking them down through polls on the website. So far, it's almost been chalk, but you know, there's been there's been one or two surprises. Mm-hmm. I wasn't surprised that A Rod got eliminated, <laughs> even though he was <laughs> a higher seed. But I was not surprised to see that happen. But other than that, it's been pretty much straightforward. Yeah, and I'm glad you decided to roll this over because I love the. Oh, I do too. Yeah, it's so, been uh, it's been a lot of fun, a lot of interaction. There's a there's a group on Facebook that I'm a part of that has. Over twelve thousand uh, people as a part of it. It's a Rangers group, and uh, so I've been posting it there every day. And I'm, you know, my site it's great, but you know, I, I don't get that kind of uh, viewership on a daily basis. So putting it there, we've had a lot of votes. So I feel pretty good about the polls because you know it's not like five people. We've got eighty, ninety people voting on it. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to roll through it the next few weeks. I hope to get it done right about as spring training starts. Yeah, that'd be great, and uh, I, I can already see some upsets that I would pick in here, but uh, yeah, we'll uh, definitely be be discussing and maybe arguing here a little bit there, here and there. Oh yeah, uh, the one thing you know, I didn't I didn't like putting Hank Blaylock up against Beltre because I really like Blaylock, but yeah, you know, I really can't see putting Blaylock as like a twelve or an eleven seed. 
No, no, I couldn't either. And I, I've got a really good friend who was a huge Hank Blaylock fan, so he'll agree with you. Yeah, and then, uh, I thought John Wetland might lose too, just because of current situation. <laughs> yeah, that one's tough. I did put uh, a disclaimer that you know it, it was based on playing career and not what happened yeah. after playing career. Yeah, take the playing, take the take the off the field stuff out of there. Um, even though as hard as it is to do with that situation, uh, he was oh, yeah. definitely definitely excellent for the Rangers. But um, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to ignore that. So we'll we'll definitely definitely have that as a discussion as well. It is, but uh, some of the polls we put up are still open. If you guys want to go vote on them. Uh, I think they each last a week, and I started last Monday, so all of them are still open as of this morning. Uh, this will air Monday morning. All of them are still open, and we'll keep adding them. So hopefully you guys are enjoying that. Um, let's see. Go down my list here. All right. So that is a lot of fun. Let's go through. I made a – I like doing top tens. I don't know if you like top tens. I like top tens. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So I figured we would do the top ten needs that the Rangers have before spring training. Top ten. Number 10. My number 10 one was patience to stay the course on the rebuild. Don't jump and decide, well, if we get these two or three people, we can win. Hopefully they don't do that. That's kind of the scariest part because what if you do surprise and, you know, come all-star break, you're, say, six games out. Um, What are you thinking, (laughs) you know? And, uh, (laughs) excuse me, the trade deadline uh, gets closer. And uh, you're, you're that close. You don't think that you'll be able to con- contend, but how you know how hard would it be to say, "No, nah, we're going to go ahead and pack it in and not," instead of go for it because you never know what could happen. And lightning in a bottle has happened many, many, many times before. But yeah, um, so you're not. It's, it's one of those things you're hoping you're not in that position, but that means you're also enjoying a good season. So it's. Uh, but yeah, it's just stay patient. Um, this is definitely not. Rebuilding, especially in baseball, with so many unknowns with young players, is is it takes so much time. Um, we're looking at you know at least two to three years, I would think, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I think you know if all your young guys are hitting, then why do you need to go get veterans? You know, if, if you're you're winning because of those young guys, why trade them off and bring in veterans? Don't go, don't trade for names. Don't trade for the names. You know, just 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 hang tight. Number nine. All right, then number nine, I had they need, and I think this is pretty obvious from last year, they're going to need better offense. Much, much better offense. And uh, I was looking at the, some stats today, and just everything was – it wasn't – the offense was just bad. Let's just, let's just be frank. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, Elvis Andrews at shortstop didn't even hit 200. Uh, so then that's, that's part of the reason for for him being moved out for – Isaiah Connor for Leffa in that position, but you'd hope that the, the offense would be better and easier to watch. A lot of strikeouts, um, bad, just bad uh, plate discipline. And, yeah. And that, it obviously, it was just a weird, weird year. You can chalk it up to that. Or there was also just, it just wasn't a very good team. You know, Jeff Mathis was your, uh, your main catcher, and he yeah. never know, uh, uh, hitting catcher, you know, usually. Around 200, you know, below. Uh, so, and Ronald Guzman and Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo is never going to hit for average. You just hope to see, you know, Rugnetto Door to kind of turn things around. You want Willie Calhoun to to settle in. You want Joey yeah. Gallo to raise the average a little bit and stay healthy. And uh, 
just a, just a lot of a lot of things you want, but it, it'll be interesting to see. Especially, you know, we want to see more Jose Trevino, which we we definitely will. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully their offense improves and kind of Falefa kind of stays. If he stays right where he's at, it'd be fine. But he might improve as well. So there's a lot to look forward to, and hopefully, hoping in hoping that the offense does improve. Number eight. Yeah, I agree. Now, number eight, especially uh, Lyles and Gibson need to be better. Last year. It was a struggle, especially to watch Jordan Lyles. I felt bad for him at times. He just could not get it together. Gibson had some brilliant moments, but overall didn't have a great season. Again, shortened season, no spring, really weird for them. I think with a full spring training under their belts and maybe you know a little more confidence, hopefully, both those guys can bounce back in uh, 2021 for Texas. Yeah, both of those. Gibson, like you said, had, had some bright spots, but not consistent at all. Jordan Lyles just wasn't there. Um, Allowed ten and a half hits per nine innings. That that's not going to bode you well. The whip for him, walks and hits plus innings pitched, one point five for both. That definitely has to improve. And you know, if you look at it as a it is a young player standpoint, you have a guy that comes up or a couple a pair of guys like those guys come up and they pitch that way. They're not going to be around much longer. Uh, But them being veterans. They need to be able to improve on that, and they're going to get the more more of a leash, obviously. Um, and and you have to have them eat innings this season. This is just going to be one of those seasons where they have to go, you know, past the fifth inning. I know baseball and usage usage of the bullpen is changing and uh, dramatically from what it used to be just ten years ago. But yeah, you got to have those inning eaters when you're not going to be a club that's expecting to contend. Number seven. You're exactly right. And speaking of that, let's move on to, uh, you said Isaiah kind of left earlier. They moved a gold glove third baseman to shortstop. So he needs to play a gold glove caliber shortstop, in my opinion, for the Rangers to be able to uh, justify taking him and moving him to shortstop. You agree? Yeah, I agree on that, just on the move itself and that you're replacing Elvis Andrews, who's been a mainstay there since coming up since in 2009. Uh, It's a big move. I mean, it's just, I wouldn't say did the, the, the times are different from when Michael Young was moved out of shortstop to third base when Elvis came up back in 2009. So a much different scenario there. But um, you want to see that move justify itself because if it doesn't, you might have a little leg on your face. And, yep. uh, but but uh, he, he Connor Fluff has, has said, you know, since the move, he he's always wanted to be a major league shortstop. That, that's always been what he's been working for. And as good as he's been, it's all around the field, including catcher and third base and second, you know, shortstop. Wherever they put him, he's excelled. Um, he's he's ex- uh, exceeded expectations every single time. So it, I'd be hard pressed to see him not to say that he wouldn't go to shortstop and, and succeed. So that that'll be definitely interesting to watch because that's a future move right there, possibly. Yeah, and, and again, like you said, I believe he will do good there. I think he will play gold glove caliber because he's always wanted to do that makes me think he's going to work harder there even than he did at third which obviously he won the gold glove last year right number six number six elvis andrews still needs to find a way to be the team leader in my opinion he is the veteran he's the guy that the only guy left that played in the world series teams um he needs to be the clubhouse leader no matter what position he's at he can't be disgruntled or uh, start causing dissension in there and he really needs to mentor the guys that are eventually going to replace him, which is very difficult to do. You think he's up to the challenge? Well, he learned from one of the best in Michael Young at doing just that. 
Yep. Michael Young had moved twice. He had he got supplanted by Adrian Beltre as well later on when Beltre was signed in 2011 to become the third baseman, and he became the super utility and designated hitter. Um, and he was very disgruntled about it. But once the season started, he he let bygones be bygones and returned to being that team leader. And Elvis just doesn't seem like the type of guy that would cause many ruffles. If he is, it's usually a joke played in the pr- a joke or a prank played in the in the clubhouse. So yeah, it doesn't seem like he'd be the guy that that would uh, really really disrupt anything. But and I also think he he can be that leader because he's so approachable. He's probably one of the most approachable players that the Rangers have ever had. To be honest, yeah, just just with the way his his demeanor is, and uh, it's I just never imagined. That I would, there would be a day I, we would call Elvis Andrews the oldest player on the team, but uh, <laughs> here we are. And uh, so it's definitely the changing of the guard, and we'll see how that pans out. But I don't see that being being a bumper or there being any ripple effects from that. Number five. Yeah, I would agree with you. All right, uh, the Rangers have not really had a consistent closer year after year for a while. I think in order for them to have a dominant run here in the near future. They need Jose Leclerc to be that dominant type closer. Maybe not to Neftali Feliz level, but just someone that you're not concerned about. You know, we all remember Sam Dyson when he came out that last two weeks with the Rangers. We need someone that you don't get a, you know, not in the pit of your stomach when he comes in to close a game. Yeah, you have that confidence level of a Neftali Feliz. And, and the thing about Leclerc is he has the, he has the tools to do it. He's got a power arm. He's got that weird, change-up slider that he throws as well as a regular uh, change-up. So, uh, and good, you know, obviously, that's an excellent off-speed pitch. Sorry, I stumbled on myself there. Uh, (laughs) Go along with the power fastball, and that's all, you know, closers, you you have two very good pitches. You're going to succeed if you can perfect them. And he's to me, he's right on the cusp, to be honest. He's shown flashes of absolute dominance, not just – in short stretches, in long stretches as well, uh, but you want to see that consistency, and that's what he's lacking right now. But he's—I don't think he's that far from being that type of closer. And that, like you said, would certainly help moving forward if you didn't have to worry about that role. Number four, I agree, and you mentioned this one earlier. Number four, a healthy Joey Gallo, right? We need Joey to be able to uh, to make it through a whole season and to get his, you know, fifty home runs. He's still going to get his hundred and eighty to two hundred strikeouts. But if he can get his 50 home runs, his 100 RBI, and, uh, you know, play some great right field, which, by the way, he has been incredible in the outfield. A lot of people overlook that. I hope mm-hmm. Joey, Joey Gallo will go a long way for this team. Yeah, he's a, he's a great fit. Uh, one with his size out there, he runs fast for a big guy. He's got a cannon for an arm. Right field is, is just right for him. I know he loved playing center field, but uh, there's a reason they didn't like playing – Josh Hamilton out there in center field much because of the the risk of injury and, and yeah. how fragile Hamilton was. It's just a different animal out there in center than in left or right. But yeah, like you said, uh, right field he fits there, and, and, and because of his massive uh, home run capability and, and the way he hits home runs, I mean, my goodness, the guy just when he when he connects, it's just it's impressive to watch that ball sail. But uh, if he can if he can continue with the power um, like he did a couple of years ago when he had a good healthy season. And raise that batting average. If he raises his batting average just a little bit, you'll see more home runs as well. If he could be, yeah. I, I kind of thought whenever he was coming up, he'd be that Adam Dunn type of player. You know, 220, 200 strikeouts, but also a lot of walks to go yeah. along with it. So a good, you know, really good OBP, low batting average, high power numbers. And if he can do that 
and with his speed, I mean, he's got a lot to offer. And yeah. you got to have him on the field. So, yeah, but his health is, is paramount. Number three. I know they're looking at putting Willie Calhoun at DH. I think in order for the Rangers to be successful, he's going to need to thrive there. Uh, I don't know if that's a number number four, uh, number three, but that's where I put it. But, yeah, I think Willie Calhoun really needs to thrive at that designator hitter position if that's where he winds up playing. Yeah, it's, that's, that seems like where they want him. It's kind of unfortunate that you traded. The, he was a piece, the biggest piece in that U Darvis trade a couple yeah. of years ago for the Dodgers because – he really didn't have anywhere in the field to, that he excelled at as far as um, defensively, offensively. Yeah. His game is fine. I, I think he'll be a very good de- uh, de- uh, designated hitter. But, uh, again, he's got to stay healthy. Taking that uh, – breaking his jaw in spring training last year, well, that was a scary deal. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't seem to affect him at all when he came back. And, again, with him, you want to see a full healthy season out of him and see what you got. Um, I think he's going to be – I think he's an ex- excellent – Hitter, not the biggest power guy, but he does hit. He can hit high for high average and maybe 20 home runs a season. I mean, that'd be just fine coming out of the DH spot. But you, you obviously want, you know, first base, right field, DH. Those are the numbers you want more power out of. But yep. a guy like Calhoun, who really, I mean, left field, you know, he might, sub, might play a little bit in left field throughout the year. But hey, DH is going to be his spot. Uh, they're they're going to give it to him, and it's his to lose. So if he can thrive, which I think he can, uh, that'll be another plus moving forward as well because he's another young player uh, we need to keep our eye on. Number two. Exactly right. All right, Nate Lowe. Okay, I'll, Nate Lowe is my next one to be consistent at first. But you think back, I can't remember a consistently good first baseman since basically Mitch Moreland. You know, Mitch Moreland did a good job there. And, and I remember at the time they didn't think he was – a lot of fans didn't think he was very consistent or good there, although he played a pretty good first base. But since then, yeah. it has just been a rotation of players coming through first base all the way to – you know, 2020 throwing Todd Frazier over there because Guzman wasn't playing very well. I think Nate Lowe needs to be that next good first baseman for the Rangers to move forward. Yeah, him. Uh, they need to find one of them. Uh, you know. Yeah, I Lowe, guess I could say Lowe or Guzman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, one of them, Guzman. I mean, that's that's what he was highly touted as. This is a, his defense at first was just fine, but it's, uh, hitting wise, uh, again, not consistent. But Lowe, for sure, he's got the tools to do that. And like yeah. you said. Mitch, since Mitch Moreland, and unfortunately for Mitch Moreland, he was overshadowed back then by Mark Teixeira and Chris Davis. Uh, yeah. We're all talking more about those two in the minor league system, and here comes Mitch Moreland just being consistent. Um, he was a consistent hitter. He had, he had the power. I mean, uh, yeah, since then, it's been a drought over there. It'd be nice to have that position solidified catcher, first base, uh, center field. And those places, a shortstop, having those places solidified moving forward would be very important. Uh, in the minor leagues thus far in two seasons, nothing spectacular at a low 251 average. Um, 11 home runs total, seven in 2019, and just four last year, and obviously a shortened season. So yeah. uh, we'll have to see what, what comes of, of Mr. Lowe, but uh, it's his, it's a, I think it would be his to lose. I know we've seen, I feel like we've seen, the Rangers have seen enough of Guzman offensively to uh, kind of know what they have there. So Lowe, Lowe's got a chance here to, to see if his star can shine bright. Number one. I agree. And then number one, and, and there is a reason that number one kind of matches number 10 because this is the most important. Don't make trades just for the sake of doing something. You feel like you have to make a move, so you do. Make smart trades that bring in the right players that we need going forward. Don't make the, you know, what do I think in 2010 when they brought in Jorge Camp 2, you know, there was absolutely... Okay. There's absolutely no reason and no reason for him to come in 
and then Christian Guzman was the other one. You know, they didn't really add very much at all to the Ranger team in 2010. Um, so don't do something like that just for the sake of doing something. Yeah, and I think uh, those two, that was a different, obviously a different time. Uh, yeah. The Rangers were trying to fill with, with veterans, fill the roster with veterans heading into the playoffs. But you also, you, you do see that sometimes with teams that are struggling to contend. They'll Maybe for leadership, I, I'm not sure why. Yeah, uh, would make a trade like that to bring bring somebody in and lose a prospect that turns out to be pretty pretty solid ball player later on down the road. Just stay the course. I mean, you you don't expect. I hate to say it, but you don't expect much this season. No. Uh, you want to you want to see what you've got, and uh, you want to see it on with with these players playing with you and for you, and not for somebody else. So get every every bit of knowledge you can on all these players in live game action. And you'd be able to move on from there and, and maybe make some of those moves later on when you're contending. So, I, yeah, this is not the season to worry about making a deal like that. Totally true. All right. Well, I think that was about all I had for us tonight. Um, CJ, I really appreciate you coming on. Mm-hmm. And oh, hopefully we're all, we'll, we'll do this a whole lot more. <laughs> yep, I certainly plan on it. And, yeah, long time no see, long time no talk, but here we are. Hey, I appreciate it. As you probably know, it's hard to do a show by yourself. I've been doing it for six oh, or yeah. seven months, so a co-host makes my life so much better. And, of course, I enjoy working with you did in the past. Looking forward to it this time. Oh, yes, yeah, sir. And I actually had to call a baseball game by myself one time, so I had a lot Ooh. of air to fill. <laughs> yeah. I know how you feel, buddy. Um, <laughs> certainly, certainly had a good time here tonight. Look forward to it. I'll, I'll be available next weekend as well. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report Podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.